Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims and con artists. We don't like these people in its shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and this week we are looking at the shit show in Canberra, and it's a shit show for... Many reasons. First, the freedom movement completely fucks up anything they touch. Shit show. Anything they do just sucks. But also, they don't have anywhere to shit, which has mm. become a little bit of an issue. Yes, Joe, they have a bit of a poo problem in the camp. The solution? You'll, you'll have to listen to find out. It's all fun and games until someone needs to take a dump, and with all the sausages and beer keeping the camp alive, it's not going to be pretty. No, no, COVID shits too. Let's 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 not forget that. In the news, we're going to look at the fairly annoying reality of Omicron reinfection. Boo, Joe mm. Bloody Rogan again, mm. and a lawsuit against the organisers of the Ottawa Freedom Occupation, which should have a few of the usual suspects in Canberra quietly shitting themselves. That maybe it'll happen to them. And they've got nowhere to shit. What a shame. But a shame. We can't talk about shit all day. Well, well we could, yeah, but we shouldn't, no. because it's time for the conditional release program's weekly news. And if you're not listening to the Conditioned Waste Program, and we know that you are, frankly, by the way, you have excellent taste. But but for all those others who prefer to listen to glint-eyed politicians on the make, Joe Rogan or standard or garden anti-vaxxers, vaccine sceptics and total fuckwits who assume their immune system becomes an unbreachable wall against infection after they pick up COVID, we are here to break the unhappy news that they are wrong. Uh. Total morons like teeny weeny fond Senator Malcolm Roberts, who recently went down for a couple of weeks with COVID, has now pronounced himself immune from further infection. Omicron is reinfectious. It has been one of those articles of faith as Omicron spread across the nation and the world that once you got it, you had become a sort of medical superhuman and you could happily sit around letting people cough on you while licking the banisters to the platforms at Sydney Central Station. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good licking. And a lot of this shit comes from fucking Joe Rogan and when he had Peter McCulloch on and this thing that he said, which is so annoying, one and done. He said it over and over again like a little catchphrase, one and done. Yeah. Now he's backflipped on it and said, no, Omicron doesn't, doesn't do that. But you don't update the episode, do you? You don't change the fact that you've got millions of people exposed to disinformation and no retractions whatsoever. One and done is what everyone's thinking. That's right. Uh, yeah, we at the Conditional Release Program have become very concerned about this myth-making. It seems to have seeped into the collective consciousness somehow, possibly driven by the let-it-rip boys and girls in our own country, Joel. But the yeah, data absolutely. are in and are showing that reinfection from Omicron occurs at a fairly alarming rate. Further, for those who have felt Omicron's icy embrace, the chance of you becoming infected from the emerging Omicron subvariant B2 is pretty bloody high. The first thing to say is that vaccination and boosting won't stop the reinfection, but it will continue to provide solid protection from the worst Omicron B1 and B2. Are they in pyjamas? Yes, they are, because they're in (laughs) cold sweats and they need something to keep them warm. But it's 28 degrees. Why do they need to be warm? Getting a booster is the best way to protect yourself from infection and reinfection. The other salient point to make is if you are unvaccinated, you, A, stand a much higher chance of reinfection infection 
B, stand a much higher chance of becoming seriously ill. C, mm-hmm. stand a much higher chance of suffering long-term illness. And D, once you've been affected, you are in Omicron's reach after three weeks, but it could be earlier. Oh, happy news. The protection from a natural infection was about one-third mm. that obtained through a booster shot according to a study from the University of Southern California, who said, our results suggest that Omicron-induced immunity may not be sufficient to prevent infection from another more pathogenic variant should it emerge in the future, and it already has, Omicron B2. They also highlight the continued importance of vaccine boosters in enhancing immunity, the report reads, as breakthrough infection Mm. alone may not be reliable in protecting against repeat infections or future illness from new strains. That's according to the University of Southern California. A UK office for national statistics survey of more than 50,000 Brits found people who have had COVID-19 before are far more likely to catch it again with Omicron circulating. The rate of reinfection in the UK was 15 times higher during a time when Omicron was and is dominant compared with the pre-Omicron period data from the ONS showed in late January. Uh, this points to greater difficulties with Omicron and its subvariants that politicians have not bothered telling us about. Uh, this <laughs> pandemic is far from over, and even if it does become endemic, COVID-19 will still pose a serious health risk, especially for the unvaccinated, for the foreseeable future. Oh, anti-vaxxers, will they ever learn that science snookers them every time? The data no, also proves no. that teeny weeny Malcolm Roberts is wrong yet again. But we already knew that, right? Now, Joel, you've had the lurgy. How do you feel about it? How do you feel about this news? I feel fucking annoyed. Because, uh, okay, I got my booster probably too close to my infection. But at the same time, like, there is something comforting about having this natural immunity idea. Like, I've got it, right? Like, you shouldn't be able to get it again soon, right? So I'm back at the gym and I'm feeling quite empowered. I might even be fit at some point. And what am I going to do? Am I going to get fucking COVID in a month? No, I have got boosted and that is great. And this is mostly talking about unvaccinated people who are relying on natural immunity and nothing else. But at the same time, this doesn't bring me any fucking joy because as much as I love to take the piss out of anti-vaxxers, I've made a bit of a hobby of it. I get no joy from the fact that these people who have got COVID can get it again. I want it to be one and done, as Peter McCulloch says, but it's not the fucking reality. And just because I want something doesn't make it true, which is something the freedom movement needs to get in their fucking heads that just because you want it doesn't mean it's true. But Or just because you've had it doesn't mean you're not going to have it again. Uh, Which is very unfortunate, but it is what it is. And... Any news from a country often mistaken for Australia and with a name suspiciously similar to Australia, perhaps seeking a bit of vicarious Australianness, the Republic of Austria has announced universal vaccine mandates for the adult population. Now, the New York Times reports Austria is the first Western democracy to mandate COVID vaccinations for nearly its entire adult population. There are a couple of exemptions. Uh, a once unthinkable move that is being seen as a test case for other countries grappling with pockets of vaccine resistance. The sweeping measure, the New York Times writes, which easily cleared its final parliamentary hurdle on Thursday when it was approved by lawmakers in Austria's upper house, was signed into law as Friday the 4th of February by President Alexander van der Bellen of Austria. The requirement will be introduced in phases. First, the government plans to send a letter to all Austrians in the, in the next few weeks 
weeks, notifying them of the new rules and giving them a month to comply. Exemptions will be available only to pregnant women, people who cannot be vaccinated for medical reasons, and people who have recently recovered from COVID-19. In this first phase, no fines will be imposed for failure to comply, but that changes in mid-March when the police are to start conducting random checks of vaccination status, including during traffic stops, routine traffic stops. People who cannot produce proof of vaccination can be fined up to 600 euros. Fair whack. Those who contest their fines could eventually see them increase to 3,600. So that's a, that's a bit of a clever move, isn't it, Joel? You're basically, yeah. oh, I'm going to test my fine, and you know, it jacks up by six times, 3,600. That, that is a gotcha moment. Uh, the New York Times goes on. In a third phase, for which no starting date has yet been set, the government would create a formal vaccination registry of all residents and automatically assess fines for non-compliance. Ooh, there's some creepy George Orwell stuff there for you, Joel. If the pandemic Truly. recedes enough, though, this phase might not be put into effect, officials say. Well, there you go. Now, just by way of background, vaccination rates among adults are uh, not low in Austria, but not at Australian rates. We're very good. 70, 76% of Austria's adult population have had two doses, and this has climbed in recent months with the advent of a lockdown for the unvaccinated only. God, why don't we think of that here in <laughs> well, we kind of did, but it didn't really work. No, we didn't really. Um, December and January saw a sp- – oh, not, not lockdown. It's not, not full lockdown. This is full lockdown. Oh, okay. Like, don't leave the house. You're only allowed out once – you know, one, once for an hour, a, a day to go and do your shopping, uh, mask mandates, all that sort of stuff. Oh, so, brutal. yeah, uh, basically, I don't it know. was, was yeah. pretty full on. December That's and January saw a spike of COVID cases in Austria with deaths peaking at around 150 per day over the Christmas New Year period. And for those wondering, the Austrian government is a slightly tricky coalition between conservatives and Greens. Chancellor Karl Nahammer, a conservative, was sworn... Uh, in as Chancellor in December last year, the third Chancellor to be sworn in within three months had a little bit of political uncertainty going on there. Nine of the 17 members of Cabinet are women. There you go. There's your 50 plus. Uh, Polls indicate that the majority of Austrians support the universal mandate, but predictably there has been a large group of protesters mm, who have taken to the streets opposing lockdowns and other pandemic restrictions, often clashing with the local pod, uh, the Bundespolizei, with a universal vaccine mandate now in place. Will that militancy now rise? Yes. It's also worth remembering that 30% of Austrians own firearms, making it the 14th most armed country on the planet. Great. The first thing, Joel, is imagine Austria's policy being laid down in Australia. How would that go down? Also, with high levels of gun ownership, will we see a new level of anti-vaccine militancy in Austria, leading perhaps to anti-vax terrorism in the country? It seems like a no-brainer. You've seen in places like France increased militancy along anti-vax lines. Um, Yeah, you would see that as a potentially dangerous situation. The majority overwhelmingly supports this, but there's a nasty little minority there. 
who are getting more and more militant as we go by. Think about the traffic stop situation. That is the kind of thing where you've got someone who's packing a fucking gun in their car. I don't know whether they're allowed to be really traveling with guns like that and blah, blah, blah. I don't know the intricacies of the laws, but this is exactly what happens in the States. Traffic stops see cops getting shot because the cop says something the person in the car doesn't like and the person in the car has a gun. Potentially dangerous situation, I think, is what you're probably looking for there, Joe. Absolutely. And look, I've got a client who's an anti-vaxxer from Austria, which is just bizarrely niche, but he was actually talking about this mandate uh, some time ago when I saw him. Basically, his daughter, who's a massive anti-vaxxer as well, she can't go and uh, stay in her unit there um, because she's not vaccinated. And he was going on about all these things they can't do because they're not vaccinated. And like, I'm sitting there nodding, but really, I just wanted to scream at him, just get vaccinated, you <laughs> fucking moron. <laughs> Jesus Christ, put down the sauerkraut and go and get fucking vaccinated. What's wrong the with you? Exper- Fuck's sake. Experimental gene. I will not take the experimental gene oh, down. He's me, a dude. nice guy, but he's a fucking idiot. Well, look, it, it is an extreme response to, uh, a, a, you know, a, a a decline, well, not a great uh, vaccination uh, level. Obviously, most countries and their public health officials are telling, uh, you know, the, go- the, the government, the, those who make the decisions, we need really high rates of vaccination in order to move forward. Yeah. I mean, and it's that's really basically tricky. it. Being the government would not be fun. So that's drawn that kind of policy response. It's a hard, it's a hard situation to be in when you, you, your population won't play ball, but you're responsible for them. You know, it's one of those things where if you were to withdraw health support from them, I think that would actually have more of an effect, saying basically if you're not vaccinated, you don't get free health care and you have to pay for it. That's an insane thing that no one should do. But I think this is also insane as well. Mandating fucking vaccination? What are you, crazy? So, I mean, not... Nothing is good. To be fair, though, the 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 anti um, no, sorry the, the the unvaccinated lockdown or the lockdown for only the unvaccinated actually drove up their vaccination rates. Did it? Quite, yeah, quite okay. quite substantially. Okay. They were very very low in the sixties, so it did improve things over that Christmas period. It's like in the New Zealand, didn't they do a thing about booze and cigarettes? Like you couldn't get like certain things. If you weren't vaccinated? Oh, Austrian, yeah. Uh, look, Austrians are very sort of, um, what would you say, it's just not servile, that's not, the, that's not the right term, but the Austrians are, you know, they like their fair share of authority. You know, they, yeah, okay. they, they are, you know, sort of beholden to authority. Um, so, look, yes, we'll keep an eye on what's going on in the almost uh, Australian Republic of Austria. It'll be interesting. Um, uh, meanwhile podcaster with an audience slightly larger than slightly. ours, if the figures are to be believed, yeah. Joe and I don't accept them, nah. Joe Rogan has apologised over his repeat, repeated use of the N-word and associated racism. Mm-hmm. And various compilations of Rogan's podcasts have been posted on social media of Rogan using racist slurs. According to technology and media website CNET, over 70 podcasts from Rogan have been removed by Spotify. That's of this morning, the 6th of February, 2022. Rogan apologised on a video on his Insta page in a kind of, I'm sorry if it sounded bad way. One podcast episode, which has since been removed, had Rogan referring to a movie set in a black neighbourhood, which he said it was like we were in Planet of the Apes. He went on to say, I did not, nor would I ever. 
say that black people are apes, but it sure sounded like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said in that Instagram video, which has already racked up 3.6 million views, it sounded terrible, he acknowledged. You can have clunky stories about anything, but not about race, unquote. Rogan said his use of the N-word routinely over a 12-year period, highlighted in a recently uncovered compilation video of him using the term, looks horrible even to me. I never used it to be racist, he said, because... I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. And just last week, Rogan's podcast broadcaster, Spotify, was pressured into releasing a misinformation policy following a number of Rogan interviews where guests of the vaccine skeptic were permitted to spread misinformation on mRNA vaccines, including a notorious interview where wild claims made by scientist Robert Malone uh, uh, included the fact that 25% of Americans had been subject to deep state hypnosis. Yeah. Neil Young famously took his music off the platform, was followed by a small but growing list of other musos with a delete Spotify push on social media causing concern in the boardroom of the Swedish company. Now, the upshot is really interesting of all of that, Joel, because everyone's been a winner. With a rise of 50% of Young's music downloads across other platforms, Ah. Rogan's audience has risen, and Spotify got a lot of brand recognition they might not otherwise have had, particularly around their 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 core business now, which is podcasts. Um, The company's share price also rallied after a fall two weeks ago and is higher than it was prior to the Neil Young exit. This is why I hate fucking companies. I just hate it. On the racism claim, Rogan said, I can't go back in time. Oh, see, see, you yeah. know, that's just a lack of imagination. Anyway, yeah. I can't go back in time <laughs> and change what I said, but I do hope that this can be a teachable moment for anybody that doesn't realise how offensive that word can be coming out of a white person's mouth, in context or out of context. A teachable moment for out-of-context racism, Joe. Yeah, I mean, who needs to be fucking taught that? Everyone knows that. That's like such fucking common knowledge. I mean, look, I'll give it to Rogan for backpedaling on this one, but I think it's one of those things where he saw the situation for what it was and just went, nah, I'm, I'm out. Like, I fucked up. And he sort of said it quite quite okay. Like, his last apology when it came to the disinformation on the episodes on COVID with Malone and McCulloch, was complete fucking horseshit. He did the same old fucking bullshit, which is just, oh, don't listen to me, I'm just a comedian, and then went on to say, oh, maybe I should research my guests more, not going to, and oh, maybe I'll have, like, opposing views. And everyone went, oh, that's really good. Oh, he's so balanced. Fuck off. This guy is made to Alex Jones. He thinks the moon landing was faked. The guy wants to red peel the planet and he's doing it. And every now and then he gets in trouble. And just like a child making excuses, he goes, oh, sorry, mom. His fingers are crossed behind <laughs> his back. Just a comedian. The guy's a fucking asshole. The reason why he's a conspiracy theorist is not because of some sort of awokenness or any kind of like, you know, curiosity that he loves to wink on about, oh, I smoke weed and I read articles. You know what? You like salesmen. <laughs> you like salesmen because you're a fucking rube. People come to you with attractive ideas, fantasist bullshit, and you get sucked into it because it sounds way more exciting than reality, and you're a curious guy and a fucking infant brain so when you get seduced by a salesman then you want to go and tell everyone about it so you have malone you have mcculloch and you have fucking alex jones who say outrageous shit about fucking globalists 
vaccines and all sorts of conspiracies, which you sit there fucking like nod nerding your way out. Through. Nod your way exactly. through. Exactly. Just yeah. nodding your way through it. Like a fucking, it, look, he's, he's a misogynist. He's proven that time and time again, especially in the very famous primatologist clip where he dismissed a woman with a fucking PhD in primatology because he read something on the internet. And yes, the ape he was talking about, the chim- chimpanzee, he called it, doesn't exist. But she, he comes out and goes, oh, I have a vagina. Just implying the only reason why she has any kind of validity is because she's a woman. This guy is a toxic, misogynistic fucking asshole. And the fact that he's racist doesn't surprise you for a goddamn second. He needs to fade into obscurity as soon as possible because his apologies are hollow and you keep letting him do them. They're meaningless and they should be seen for what they are. Not going to happen, Joe. He's going to, he's not, that's, that's not going to happen. All he does is save face for his career. The best, the best that we can happen is, is, is basically modify his behavior. He has a huge audience, huger than any other uh, media program anywhere else in the world. So he's not going away. So what we can do is keep the pressure up to him about this misinformation and also his appalling behaviour. Yeah. And that seems to be happening on social media with people just going through his podcast, clipping out where he's, where he's disgraced himself and popping it up on social media so we can all get to see yeah. it and go, hmm, what do you say about this, Joe? But the Malone one's still at up. Least brought forward an apology yeah. from him. But now, but now it's over to the land where apologies are mandatory. Canada, where an Ottawa woman has launched an $11 million, yeah, that's Australian dollars, class action lawsuit against the organisers of Canada's Good. Truck Freedom Convoy because they caused havoc in the nation's capital. And last week we spoke about the convoy's ugly shenanigans and how they have in turn inspired a wave of fuckwits to do the same albeit without trucks, converging on Canberra. And we'll take you through that, the local shit show later in the program. Back to Canada, eh? Where the lawsuit is a huge blow to the convoy's organisers who raised millions on a GoFundMe, but then had the donations frozen with the crowdfunding platform deciding to refund money to donors and give some to rest- registered charities. Yeah, well, apparently according to GoFundMe, it's no longer a protest now, but an occupation. And I mean, look, I don't disagree with that. They're causing chaos and they're acting like deranged, angry children. One of the reasons it's- was that they've been engaged in criminal activity. That, yeah. that was why yeah. GFM was uh, one of the reasons they pulled a major reason why they pulled the pin. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a parallel to the Canberra one later as well. We'll talk about that later. But mm. Elon Musk complained about this, whinging that, like, you know, they had double standards because of the BLM protests and the, the autonomous zones they had and all sorts of blah, blah, blah. But there's also a theory that he donated $42,000 to the GoFundMe himself. I have seen that. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but it has been. And also bought the domain name liar.com. I don't it think it's been, true. No. But apparently, domain liar.com was redirected to Justin Trudeau's. Wikipedia page, and someone on Reddit said that they inquired about that domain name recently. It was a, a half a million dollars was the price tag. But I mean, it's mm. not even that smart. Oh, like what a sick burn, Elon! You made a half a million dollar investment in making liar.com Justin Trudeau's Wikipedia. That's not smart, clever, or funny, but they're loving it. But mostly what they're doing is they're loving the fact the richest guy in the world is backing them, even though it's probably not even him. Anti-vax is fucking lie. <laughs> so the idea that they've just made this Elon Musk just synthetically, is not beyond them in any way, shape, or form. They're, they're poli- they're, it's all political posturing. Yeah, so the uh, Truck uh, Freedom Convoy filled the 
Canadian capital with hundreds of trucks uh, preventing free movement on the city's roads. Residents were deeply pissed in that gentle Canadian, I'm sorry, but I'm a little bit pissed <laughs> way. The, organize, uh, the organiser of the class action lawsuit, Ottawa resident Zexy Lee, filed a, a lawsuit in Ontario in the Ontario Superior Court seeking damages for emotional and mental distress, headaches, sleeping difficulties, difficulty concentrating and interference with quiet enjoyment of her home. Yeah, that's actually a legal term. And the class members are living in daily torment uh, caused by the incessant blasting of truck horns, which would get pretty bloody annoying. That was in the it statement would. of claim. Yeah. Uh, the suit seeks 9.8 million Canadian bucks, about 11 million Australian, in damages plus costs for participants in the potential class action. The suit names Chris Barber, Benjamin Dichter, Tamara Litch and Patrick King as organizers of the Freedom Convoy, based on them being listed as such on social media accounts used to organise the event. A further 60 John Doe's are named, the owners of of trucks that remain parked parked on Ottawa's streets. And the Canadian lawsuit is a delicious response to extremist protests and offers residents of Canberra a possible response to fuckwits taking over over their natural space in the last week and the foreseeable uh, future as crowds of annoying self-entitled people gather at Australia's capital to accuse everyone of being pedophiles. I just want to go on with that, Joel. And I did notice one crazed protester in Canberra, I think this is from live on Tuesday, Tuesday, that's last Tuesday, late January, and there she was. She had some sort of, you know, it looked like she had leprosy. She had a sort of bandage on her hand, and she was cackling like a like a witch about how they were approaching joggers who were jogging around like Burley Griffin, oh my God. Uh, and the, the joggers were masked, of course, and, and 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 saying that basically we're going to frighten their masks off them. Now, if that's oh not harassment, God. what is? Yeah, and this is the problem, like. I've seen this is the main thing, which is the hassling people who are wearing masks. And it's this us and them thing they do really well because they're these are very basic people. So they just need to find some sort of point they can they can draw on and then they can use that to hassle people. There were a few girls there at like a um at a traffic light, and they were just like, Take off your mask, take off your mask. What are you scared of? Why are you scared? And the girls, they looked terrified because there was a group of men who were fucking threatening them because they were wearing masks, and they're saying, What are you scared of? Mate, it's no longer virus prote- uh, prevention. What it is now is trying to get away from people who are terrifying them. But I mean, realistically, the, the situation in Canberra and Ottawa are different but the same. You can see the, the things. We'll go into Canberra later because that's going to be in our sort of you know, longer segment in the middle. But the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa basically have been reported to be threatening people like just all over the place. Racial taunts, just anarchy because there's this mob mentality and it's inevitable from an event like this. You get a few thousand people together who have common interests that are very polemic. Of course you're going to have this sort of thing. Yet a soup kitchen for the Shepherds of Good Hope, which is such a cheesy name, but bless their hearts. And they were harassed by protesters demanding meals from them. And these unvaccinated playgrounds. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they were just aggressive. They assaulted a member of the shelter community and then when a security guard came to their aid, he was threatened and abused with racial slurs. I mean, this is the freedom movement absolutely just tight. This is exactly what they're like. And this is happening a lot. You can see with this, as you said, with the mask thing, they just love to fuck with people when they're in numbers because they feel strong, they get high on the endorphins, and they're generally awful people. The fucking Ottawa police have set up a hate crime hotline to report incidents. A hate crime hotline. I mean, that just says everything. 
about this freedom movement. So the soup kitchen eventually caved into their demands and fed these angry children. These volunteers weren't even able to park near the place. They had to walk miles to get there. And then after walking miles to get there because these assholes had clogged up the streets in this ridiculous fucking convoy, just total anarchy, then they just get hassled by these people to make them food. Like, just imagine that. Walking for 20 minutes to get there and then being demanded you make the people that just fucked you over a fucking meal. I mean, they're just the worst people on the planet. But what we're looking at here in Canada, which I'm actually quite happy to see, is very strong words from police. There is a January 6th style investigation where participants who basically just running around thinking they're owning the place are actually being logged. They're they're taking down notes. They said, this is a quote from one of the police. It's no matter where you live, no matter where your vehicle's registered, if you come here and committed a crime, if you've committed a hate crime, you will be investigated. We will look for you. We will charge you. If necessary, we'll arrest you and we'll pursue prosecutions against you, which is so fucking Liam Neeson. I absolutely love it. Ironically though, nobody in Ottawa has any freedom anymore because they can't move. They can't even leave their fucking house because they'll get fucked with for wearing a mask on the street by angry, weird pro protesters with a bone to pick people aren't leaving their homes in fear of being harassed they've got a lockdown because these people are locking down ottawa it's, it's ridiculous but i hope, yeah, I hope yeah. the canberra guys have the same thing i hope the january 6th style investigation happens in canberra but we'll see we'll see it's certainly it, it certainly is a portent of what could be happening i mean look what's happening in canberra is the truck convoy without trucks of course there yes are trucks and there's not there eight million dollars a bunch of fucking meatheads who've arrived there who think it's okay to scream fucking pedophile at empty buildings and and just just carry on like like scumbags it's, yeah, I, I, I have to wonder about the epic caravan park you know closed the caravan park because so many people had arrived uh, and it filled the place and then and they just they opened just, the gates. They just pushed pushed him out of the way and, and opened the gates up and just continued to fill the place. I mean, there's all sorts yeah. of health issues there. I mean, these people oh, totally. collar and a fucking you know coffee mug anyway. We'll talk about that later, Joel. And today's conditional release program is brought to you today by the Millions March Against Mandatory Vaccinations Convoy to Canberra, otherwise known as the Canberra Truck Convoy with no trucks. <laughs> and we urge listeners to get along to the truck protests without trucks or any discernible objective or any reasonable point to shout at empty buildings, threaten police and shit in the boot of someone's car because the two portaloos supplied for a 1,000 people have backed up again. Mm-hmm. If we get $5 million along, and that means we'll need four portaloos by my reckoning, we should be able <laughs> to install Ricardo Bozzi as our Führer by Tuesday, weather permitting. And if you're one of the lucky five million, you could be asked to sit on the people's courts and sentence anyone you don't like to be hanged by the neck until dead from the nearest tree. Perfect. in Canberra, beautiful trees. So get stuck in, listeners. Be the first from your neighbourhood to the truck protest without trucks and you'll be lynching some poor bastard by Wednesday, Arvo. The Canberra Truck Convoy Without Trucks, BYO Rope, truck optional. things it says within the constitution is all laws within all within and with the earnest intellectual meanderings of Thanos Paniedis resounding in our ears it is time again for which black bill fuckwit said that the quiz show that asks which black bill fuckwit said that and if you're successful in today's which black bill fuckwit said that Joel you'll be sent to Canberra 
to read a word salad of pseudo-constitutional law written by Rodney Cullerton to a crowd who think you might be a pedophile because you look a bit like a pedophile. Not that there is a particular body type for pedophiles, but you probably are a pedophile because everyone is a pedophile before you give the assembled throng a history lesson on Australians in wartime and how we defeated the Japanese at Milne Bay to prevent the experimental gene therapy once and for all, which is which the mob won't listen to because they think you're a pedophile. Oh, God. I mean, you're getting the piss, but, like, it's it rings too true. It rings just too true. <laughs> that's, that's the head diggers. Head diggers fought and died uh, for, for the right to, for, for, for fucking idiots not to be vaccinated. Um, yep, that's yeah. it. It's all they but, do. Uh, it'll yep. all be it'll all, all of that very significant appropriation of, of uh, Australians in wartime history has been appropriated uh, by the fucking freedom movement um, who Genuine aren't really torture. listening uh, no. because they think everyone's a pedophile. That's right. Uh, now, we want to thank listener David for this, who's now become Segment's inaugural life member and chief advisor. Oh, interesting. This is, I think, his third or possibly fourth contribution to Blackpill Fuckwit. So good on, David. And here's the quote. Regarding vaccinations, just say no and keep saying no. Mm, okay. Was that former Hillsong boss who once said, it was the darkest day of my life because he was my hero and suddenly he was a pedophile. He actually is. <laughs> Excellent. Former Hillsong boss's dad, uh, Brian Houston. Uh, or was it podcast champ and an audience even bigger than ours, if that's to be believed, and frankly, I don't. A man who we're not spluttering out racist epithets once said, I'm very flexible. I could suck my own dick if I wanted to. God, he's an asshole. Everyone needs a hobby, though. Joe Rogan. Uh... Or was it Hollywood superstar, master of the method acting school, hates Mel Gibson and is routinely sued by film investors for spending money that's not his. Interesting. Rob Schneider. Or was it Brazilian president and COVID skeptic whose policies have racked up 631,000 COVID deaths in Brazil and counting? The man who once said, I would be incapable of loving a gay son. I prefer that he would die in an accident. Oh, my God. It's Jair Bolsonaro. What a man. That is such an awful thing to say. Father of the fucking year. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, look, I'm going to go out on a limb here because uh, this is definitely true to his kind of form. Rob Schneider. Oh, well done, Joel. That's yes. fantastic work there because there are quite a few uh, anti-vaxxers in that list. I don't think Brian Houston's list. one. I don't think uh, Houston's necessarily an anti-vaxxer. I'm pretty sure he's not. Um, but uh, I 50 50 on Bolsonaro and Schneider. Yeah, Bolsonaro definitely is. And uh, Jerry Reagan would just call him a, a vaccine sceptic. So there's the three you had to choose from. Well... This is excellent news. So you've just turned left onto the federal highway and you are steaming <laughs> towards Canberra right now with with Rod Carlton's proclamation in your hand. It was so tempting to go down there. I tell you what, it was so tempting to go down there. God, those people make me so sick. I wouldn't, you know, they're just plague rats too. When we talk about reinfections and all that sort of stuff, <laughs> just, you know, that you're going to see, this is what you're going to see there, and we'll talk about this later, but you're going to see a higher instance of, of COVID infections in Canberra as a result of these people. Mm. Anyway. They don't get tested, though. They don't get tested. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, someone's going to get hospitalised, eh? The yeah. uh, uh, Quote two, the COVID-19 vaccine is not really a vaccine, but an experimental shot that is dangerous. Ooh. Was that 
prominent Christian evangelist, COVID denier and anti-vaxxer who died from COVID-19 complications aged 55, Pastor Paul Garrett. Or was that prominent Christian evangelist, COVID denier and (laughs) anti-vaxxer who died from COVID-19 complications aged 64? Pastor Marcus Lamb. Ah, I see where this is going. Oh, was that prominent Christian evangelist, COVID denier, and anti-vaxxer who died from COVID-19 complications aged 70? Pastor Roger Dale Moon. God, he must have wanted to call call his followers Moonies. He would have loved it, yeah. wouldn't he? It just, but yeah, yeah, it was already it, taken. Yeah. Anyway, or was it? Prominent Christian evangelist, COVID denier, and anti-vaxxer who died from COVID-19 complications aged 66. Pastor Landon Spradlin. What a fucking name Ugh. that is. Yeah, Mr. I know. Spradlin, you land yeah. on Spradlin. I'm going to go with Marcus Lamb. Yay, Robin Joel! Excellent yes. work. Yeah, they were all COVID It was the only name I knew. And they were all, I didn't know the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, uh, look, I, I, I went searching for, for Christian evangelists who had died and who were COVID deniers <laughs> and anti-vaxxers who died from COVID-19 complications. And... There are a lot of them. There were a lot of them. Yes, yes, You you don't have to spend a lot of time looking. So uh, definitely Paul Garrett, (laughs) Marcus Lamb, Roger Dale Moon and Landon Spradlin all died from COVID-19. But it was only Marcus Lamb who said the COVID-19 vaccine is not really a vaccine but an experimental shot that is dangerous. And if you had that. So is COVID. COVID is dangerous if he had taken that experimental shot that is dangerous, he would be alive today. Oh, he had uh, diabetes, by the way, Marcus Lamb. Yeah, but that's okay. Was, Diabetic people live long lives without COVID. He never acknowledged it in, in any of his uh, sermons or anything like that, um, but he was, in fact, uh, suffering from diabetes and therefore high risk for COVID infection for serious COVID infection. Yeah, I've got a mate who's diabetic and he is very good about not getting COVID and, I, you know, but yeah, he gets a jab, so he'll be fine. Yeah, exactly right. Get vaccinated, get boosted, you should be okay. Uh, <coughs> so, question three, <laughs> as you, you can see, you can now see the big radio tower uh, on the mountain outside. Uh, Ken, you're, you're well on your way there now. You're, 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 stri- you're heading, down the, heading down into uh, the CBD. And on your way. Well, I, I have to find a park. This is actually a bit of a poison oh, challenge. Actually, where, where am I yeah, going to park? Yeah, so you're, you're headed. Yeah, look, someone will drop you off. You don't have to worry about it. Get your car towed. Um, just, <laughs> yeah. just, just, Free parking. Just, just park somewhere in Parliamentary Circle. You're on your way to address the crowd with, uh, with a Rod Culleton proclamation. Here's the third quote. Yes. As our world changes, so must you. As others seek to take control, so must you fight to take it back. It is up to you to plan your direction with the gifts you have been blessed with, have been burdened with, or have struggled for. There's a fucking word salad and a half, isn't it? Was that mm-hmm. Australia's anti-vax, where's Waldo? Where is she? Is she quietly headed for the cover of Pregnant Bride Monthly, Monica Smith? <laughs> God. Or was it got the camo on and ready to go? All he needs is 4,999,999 people to join him in Canberra and he'll be Australia's Fuhrer. Ricardo Bozzi. Piece of piss. Five million people, get it done. Or was it Georgia Congresswoman, Congresswoman who opposes Spanish being spoken in American high schools because, and I quote, if English was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. Marjorie Taylor Greene. If that is actually a true quote, I just don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it's just, that is just so fucked. That was good enough. English was Idiot. good enough for Jesus. Idiot. <laughs> Idiot. Idiot. The language English didn't actually exist. Aramaic, if it look, 
if she's up for if she's up for sport supporting Aramaic being being spoken in American high schools, I'll be all over it. Don't you know, provoke her. She will do this. Don't <laughs> push that button. Or, or ancient Greek. Formally, that would be the Aramaic was the sort of was the sort of street corner language, and and one wrote in ancient Greek or Latin. But you wouldn't. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do Latin in Palestine because by this stage the Romans had taken over the place, and you would be a sort of, you know, sort of a serf to the um, to the uh, to the conquerors. Sounds problematic. So was it Marjorie Taylor Greene who thinks English, saying Jesus spoke in fucking clipped English, or was it uh, Sydney a protest organizer who revealed all his friends don't talk to him anymore, even the imaginary ones? which turns out to be all of them, Romeo Georges. I tell you what, this is a really hard one, but I reckon it's Bozy because it's word salad. Hooray! On fire! (laughs) Unroll that scrolled parchment and start babbling in pseudo-legal speak to a crowd of fuck knuckles who don't know what you're talking about and think you're probably a pedophile. It really is. It's the kind of gibberish... That I if 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 one of our leaders said something like that, I wouldn't know what it meant, but I like the cut of his jib. Yeah, look, and just listen to the word salad from from Bozzy too. It is up to you to plan your direction with the gifts you have been blessed with. So there's that Christian element. Yeah, have been burdened with or have struggled for. So what or or and what? I mean what? <laughs> just what. You know, so if you've been blessed with stuff, that's great. Or maybe you've been burdened with talents, or you've struggled for. You know, it's kind of like drunk philosophy, like someone who's just downed a bottle of scotch. I tell you what, man, I tell you what, man, it's like it's crazy. I mean, like the gifts you've been blessed with, but like could also be like a burden. Like, you gotta fight back, mate. As the word changes, you so much so it's just absolutely gibberish. And I did notice uh, it was on the bestseller list from, I think it's called Wiltshire Publishing in Australia. Oh, god, get some fucking rubbish on that list anyway. And and that's that's top of the top of the list, by the way. Now we ask listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really really stupid said by Black Bill Fuckwits. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. We'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted like stickers and shit. If you make our lives easier and send Jack a quote we can use on the show. And we remind listeners the conditional release program stubby holder is the only stubby holder clinically proven to keep drinks cold. And furthermore, the conditional release program can be used as a portal loop at a pinch. <laughs> and when you're at a protest and the lines at the temporary shit house are too long, or they are both clogged with human excrement, at least Very we hope good. it's human, well, simply point yeah, the conditional release program stubby holder in the general direction of your back passage and let rip. Possibly best not to whack your stubby uh, in it afterwards, but we're not going to tell you what to do. No, you got freedom. You got freedom. So <laughs> how can I come back from that? We asked this as a drop as a line if they want to contribute to which black people fuck which said that. Mark to the attention of Jack, bury the quote because otherwise I'll see it. We can both see the email address, which is the conditional release program at gmail.com. Bury the quote. And now we bring you our we were going to call it the deeper dive, but we're not going to call it the deeper dive. We used to have a deeper dive, and we want to have a deeper dive, but we don't want to call it the deeper dive. No, it's a shit. And day. it now will replace our anti-vax update, and it is our expanded view on what's been going on this week. And this week, of course, it's the Canberra truck convoy without trucks. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
So the cookers have remained in Canberra, essentially occupying the area and calling it their own because they literally call it their own. A part of their whole Sobsit beliefs is that they own the place and it's something to do with titles and deeds and jurisdiction, but they love yelling out, show us the titles and deeds. Where are the titles and deeds? Titles and deeds. It's It's been painful for some time. They've been doing it at the old apartment house for ages. It's so fucking torturous. So the cookers showed up to a fairly tame police response. And as we reported last week, it was said there will be 50,000 trucks in attendance and a large yeah. amount of money behind them yeah, with this quite. GoFundMe that started by Ironbark Thunderbolt to get that sort of camp going. Great like, Great you'd name. think with a couple of hundred thousand dollars, they'd have a pretty sweet camp going. Well, uh, yeah, that's how it started. Uh, how's it going? No trucks. And Ironbark Thunderbolt, a.k.a. James Greer, got done for gun possession. That's right. The idiot brought a fucking gun with him. Yeah, look, the gun was a, a, a .22 caliber pea shooter from it was pretty the small. 1800s. It had been modified. It had sawn off, um, sawn off barrel, which is a bit of a no-no. Uh, he claims it's licensed in the UA, but he's a soft sit, so... You know, There's no way. You know, There's no way it, he has a license for it. It's going to be interesting. But look, who brings a fucking gun to a, to a, a peaceful protest? Yeah. I well, just... it turns out a fucking soft-sit doomsday prepper does. Fucking mm-hmm. idiot. His truck was replete with defects and yeah. uh, served a bunch of notices, and they had to get a monstrous truck. <laughs> had to get a truck yeah, in there yeah, yeah. to remove really the only truck that was there. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. It's like sort of like when you like you go to Amsterdam or something and you buy like a bunch of pingers and there's one left in your wallet and you go to England and you come back out and you like you look in your your coin thing and you're like oh fuck there's a pinger in here oh my god I just flew to another country with a pinger I reckon it was that I reckon the guy just has this fucking twenty two in his car that he like almost forgot about and then he's like oh whoops but you know what don't forget about guns oh yeah look it it, it carried it. He'd carry it around like luggage, but yeah, um, look, he got bail. He was given bail the following day. There was was. no, there was no magistrate to hear his bail on the Friday night. So on Saturday, it is been a night. Old magistrate had to struggle forward and uh, and give him bail, and he was given bail because he had no prize. But still, apparently so. Yeah, I don't know. Seems like a pretty dangerous sort of character. But anyway, just bizarre. That's what the courts did. Bail left, right, and centre. You got to respect judges begrudgingly. So. From Monday to Friday, the cookers just basically caused shit in the area. Like, they were illegally camped on the grounds of Parliament. They got really upset when the police told them to move. They yelled that same shit about no jurisdiction. No jurisdiction! Things, blah, blah, blah. But come on, you can't just decide that Parliament's your camping ground. I'd <laughs> love to live on just, those grass you, for nothing. You, you really can't. And, it's insane. And, but what really, what really sort of fries their brains particularly the soft sits amongst them, is is when they're accused of trespass. Yeah, <laughs> that it does. Just, it just throws all of their fucking mangled, we mangled can't be trespassing. pseudo-legal beliefs we own it. out the window. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm a free man. I, I, I can go and camp wherever I fucking like. They reckon they yeah. own it because the deeds and titles. And it's like, <laughs> no, you don't own like people go to fucking caravan parks they don't just plonk themselves anywhere can i also just remind when we talk about decent titles it's very clear that very clear that they seem to think that canberra and the part and the old parliament in particular was sort of knocked up in 1901 and of course it wasn't it was i think uh, the building was completed in 1924 20, prior to yeah, that yeah, 20, the federal yeah. parliament sat in melbourne the parliament in melbourne while the victorian parliament sat at uh, the exhibition building 
So that's the first thing. The other thing is that New South Wales, the New South Wales government granted title of Crown land for the ACT. And these things are fucking set in stone. Yeah, they really <laughs> are. You, you can find the deeds and titles yeah. that all come back to, God, I think it was just post World War One when when this land was ceded. It's a very interesting story how Canberra was settled and how it could have been a whole bunch of other places um, yeah, yeah. that uh, you know eventually they negotiated. Was settled on. In Nungunawal, uh language means a place between the the crevice between two breasts uh, in their language, oh. uh, that, and that was taken from the sort of metaphorical of the the two mountains either side of of Canberra. So there you go. How interesting. I had no I know idea a lot about, about that. History. Yeah, I know I'm learning, a lot more I'm than learning. these fucking soft sit fuckos to do for a start. <laughs> Carry on, John. So, look, as you imagine, the first people to arrive were the real militant types who were really in it from the start, with everyone sort of running around screaming pedophile, 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 racket, pedophiles. Pedophiles, like, you know, they're fucking usual. But the camp was this ill-thought-out and underfunded exercise, <laughs> which I can only assume, and I'm giving the benefit of the doubt here, was due to the fact that Ironbark had over $100,000 to yeah. fund the camp. A lot of money. You would think they'd be eating and shitting like kings. There were there were, there were, there were other GoFundMes that people said, oh, can you pay for our petrol and for our food on the way up? I mean, the... Uh, the yeah, El Salzone did one. Hers got deleted. Cafe lockdown. That was just for him, though. Three grand. Three grand he wrote for his petrol and his yeah. food on the way up. And he's sleeping and eating fucking well, I'm sure. The guy's a fucking mm. grifter from miles out. But the thing is, right, so here's the situation. There, so it's but there's a hundred grand gone to Ironbark. Well, it didn't go to Ironbark, but it was raised, raised was for Ironbark. There was like 185, I think. But it was there. So, of course, you would think that he's going to turn up and be like, here's a toilet, here's a toilet, everyone gets a toilet. Showers, let's get some running water in here. Let's you Catering know. is being organised. No, Iron Bark was grifting hard, and it's not the fact that GoFundMe paused him because they're fucking corrupt, left-leaning blah-blahs. He withdrew $14,000 to start with, and no one saw a fucking cent outside of his fucking dealer. And you know what happened <laughs> after that? Fuck all. That's why GoFundMe froze the account, because he's clearly a grifter who was trying to take all the money for himself. There was no system to distribute it, and what should have been a very well-funded camp turned out to be a fucking joke. He still had the temerity to run around shaking a bucket <laughs> to, to, to squeeze a few lazy yes, pineapples out of, out of those in the tent. These are the people he was meant to give money to. Well, you know, a crowd of 1,500 people shared two portaloos. I mean, that's it, just, it is as a cholera Amazing. outbreak waiting to fucking happen. It really is. And the thing is, this guy is still revered as some sort of hero of the movement. <laughs> Despite the fact that he ripped everyone off, brought a gun which made them all look like cunts, and he spent apparently the entire time <laughs> fucked out of his rattling, mind next to his rattling truck. Rattling the tent. So, Come no. I'm just you just give until it hurts even more. What can you possibly do to fuck up with these people? So like, look, this is the thing. And you had like, as you say, like you know, the police were removing toilets. There was very few toilets, and apparently, as you say, there was 1,500 people sharing two portaloos. But then the police eventually just moved the camp on. They said, look, this is enough. Get the fuck out of here. They towed cars. Like, people just refused to move or weren't there at the time. I believe they towed four cars and the truck. So it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. And they gave the, and they gave the owners every opportunity. Oh, it was only those four who said, 
I'm not going to move. Yeah, exactly, because they're fucking children. That, that, they were the only four cars that were towed away. And the plus, towing company. Uh, plus Thunderbolt's truck. Yeah, which was full of defects. Full of defects and a shooter. So the towing company, Allstate's Towing, yes, well, he was taken away so he couldn't drive it, right? He was taken away in a divvy van because he had a gun. So the company, Allstate's <laughs> Towing, was recorded by Peter Little on his live, that creepy little hobbit-looking ex-lawyer who's really popular in the movement for God knows what reason. And, of course, the mm. sheep followed his orders when he said, you know, here's a phone number, go and harass them. So they harassed the towing company just for doing their fucking jobs. The owner said they'd been bombarded by calls. So basically, they had the the official com- uh, from the actual company was, we moved cars about 100 metres down the road to a legal parking spot and off the yes, grass. Yes, that's all they did. We did not charge any owners of the vehicles to move these cars to legal parking spots. So they just got free parking. And as far as we are aware... All the vehicles are accessible to the owners. They have not been impounded. They did nothing wrong. If anything, they did too little. They should have charged them. Fuck these guys. I mean, you don't get to be a petulant child and get away with it. So this is what happened. The Freedom Idiots also harassed young Allstates towing, which is based in Victoria. Looks about the same. Exactly. It's Looks- similar. Fucking why not? It- <laughs> This is a quote from the Facebook page. I think it's in Albury, Wodonga, isn't it? It's one on one of the border towns. <laughs> Basically, this is what the guy said. Okay, I've had enough of the abuse and death threats. This has nothing to do with our towing company. I am now reporting this to police as it's getting out of control. Do your research, people, before victimizing someone. Yeah. If you're going to threaten someone, if you're going to threaten someone, do your death, research. make sure you get the right person. Yeah. Can you get at least the right person? I love the do your research. That was a real good like, little elbow in the guts on that one. It's like, come on, do your research. Like, you know. Don't hassle me. Do your research. Yeah, do it's your good. own research, people. Yeah. Well, the cops had a few scuffles removing uh, removing uh, protesters from the grounds, but generally used kid gloves on them, and as per usual, pandering to them by giving them a list of places they could camp out. One place, the Exhibition Park in Canberra, otherwise known as Epic, was the place to go. They filled the place up pretty quickly, and it became a serious problem as traffic needed to be handled, and eventually the gates closed. Yeah. And cookers harassed the traffic controllers, claiming they should do it themselves, which led to complete chaos when the park was full the gates were closed by the management uh cookers took it upon themselves to open the gates and just let everyone in freedom yeah Yeah, freedom just so much freedom but the thing is is that they were closed for a reason that like that's right for health reasons who's paying their dues here is anyone actually paying for their fucking plots Bet they're not. Oh, you've got to wonder about all that too. It's yeah, ridiculous. Just how much money went through the tills and not much. Yeah, not much. This has just been a complete bludge on, on the public purse. The whole thing. And that's the thing. These guys are all these fucking libertarians, right? But at the end of the day, the thing with the epic place is that apparently it's run by government, so it has staff but not owners. So you've got these staff members there who are running a government-run facility who are probably just putting their hands up and saying "fuck this." Now, in the most ironic form of unintentional communism they've gone ahead and taken a government run facility and used it for free in order to basically enjoy the facilities that's communism you fucking morons you whinge about (laughs) communism for days but a government run facility being used for free for the better for the public is communism and you know what i fully embrace this but you just keep on slagging it off well you know what maybe you've enjoyed a taste of communism and maybe you can tell your friends for fuck's sake. Back at the parliamentary campsite, where there were just two toilets for 12 or twelve to 1,500 people, yeah. it, one of them just stopped flushing under the sheer weight of human defecation just, just by sheer turds per square inch. <laughs> it was... Uh, 
it was reported on social media that since one of the toilets stopped flushing, they were sort of sending out sort of calls for help, but they had allocated a toilet car, a shit car, <laughs> where people would just go along and shit in the boot. Shit the boot. I'm not actually sure how this worked. You know, it was there <laughs> any many mining, you're the shit car. Everyone's just going to go and drop a turd in your boot. Uh, oh, that's were they really, using plastic really bags? Did they get those little dog scoopers? What were they doing? Honestly, it's, it's so hard to say. So many more questions and answers. And of course, when they got back to and when, when they got to places like Epic, which was savagely overcrowded, which would normally have a sufficient number of toilets, showers, etc., for uh, uh, for the number of people that could enter that caravan park. Basically, it was overwhelmed with people, so these people had more toilet issues. I mean, we are really talking cholera outbreak here, you know. These people are that fucking stupid that they have failed to understand the basic precepts of 1850s medical science. They are headed uh, one way, on a one way to, to, a, to, a, to a cholera uh, epidemic. Are you surprised? Really? Oh, these people are so fucking stupid. Anyway, look, they, it was just incredible. They contacted Orange Sky, which is a homeless charity uh, which provides um, services, laundry services to, to to homeless people. Yeah. You know, and, and the Sikh volunteers, the wonderful Sikh volunteers in Melbourne who, who, who get around the place and offer people who are in real distress food. But these people aren't foodless. These people aren't homeless. They're fine. They just decided they were just going to launch themselves on charities. God, on as far as we know, Orange Sky didn't turn up, nor, no, nor no. should they have, by the way. But these are people going, oh, well, let's just get something for free. But, like, you can't imagine a situation where they're cheerleading for bigots and then asking Sikhs to come and help them when they're walking into a pit of One Nation supporters, racist and fucking actual Nazis. <laughs> like, are you serious? Do you think yeah. the Proud Boys there going, oh, yeah, I fucking love the Sikhs? No. Yeah, I love Sikhs. No. Hey, I tell you what, that's, that Sikhism's got a lot of lot going for it as a religion. I'm thinking about giving it a crack. Only good when they bring some food. I mean, like, it just that sort of... Mm. Just just using yeah, just the. I mean, the, the whole thing just just said, yeah, bloated entitlement. Yeah, you know it's that pathetic. we can just hit up everyone for a bit of free stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, and and they run this on the basis. Oh, we haven't got jobs. I mean, I tell you what, this is an employee's paradise at the moment. Yeah, go and fucking get one exactly before you go to Canberra, you dopey cunt. Oh, so painful. anyway. And they pissed, and they pissed up at night, hmm. and and then you got to just say, you know, look, they, they, what, are they, what are they pissing behind a pissing behind oh, a tree they're for pissing freedom everywhere? They're pissing everywhere, and they just you know, piss everywhere. It's just, These people are fucking disgusting. It's just disgusting. The bones. epic place is going to have to be shut down for a fortnight for cleaning because how else are they going to fucking do this? Like the entire place is full of COVID piss and shit. You just can't manage There's, that. Uh, there's a, there's a gay march on there today too. So oh, we'll, they would have we'll, cancelled and, sure. and this is Sunday when we're recording, the 6th of February. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and whether there'll be other clashes there. There's, because one thing yeah. I would say about cookers is they don't get on with, with gay people. That no. they, 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 they're they probably the bearers of some of the worst prejudices you can imagine. There's some fundamental so there is, yeah, vibes, there, yeah. There is a legitimate single-issue protest uh, uh, in, in Canberra today. Uh, from, uh, from I hope they cancel same sex people because it's not going to go well. It won't go well. These people are fundies. They're fucking terrifying. Oh, well, you'd like to think, you know. I mean, but why should they? I mean, uh, well, why should they have? Well, to? I mean, look, it's. I mean, this thing was organised. They'd done all the paperwork. They'd put through petitions. You know, they'd, they'd sought 
and obtained authorization from local government. You know, this mob just fucking turn up. Yeah, but what do you expect? Freedom cookers ruin everything. This is what they do. So basically, Saturday was the big day where they were going to get all the speeches going and generally do the protest thing. And that's what it was. It was just another protest with lots of walking. But the cracks formed in the groups when Harrison McLean, who was aligned with the UAP, turned up and started to call the shots. He was instrumental in organizing people to get there. And to be fair, like, you know, made route maps and stuff like that. He was LARPing so hard on the Zello, like, CB chat group, trying to sound like a truck from the 1980s, like, breaker, breaker, <laughs> one, two, three. Like, shut we up, Harrison. We got us a convoy. Yeah, I mean, just shut the fuck up. You, you're not a trucker, but of course, he... Like he just sounded like that weirdo with the truck fetish. It's just like that. Didn't go over very well. He did get he did get uh, did get a little bit of a choke there, Harrison, uh, when he was fronted by um, yeah. when he was front, fronted by one of the protesters uh, who looked at him and went, "Who's this guy with a fucking haircut?" Yeah, uh, there's big cracks forming. <laughs> there's big cracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not looking good. And speaking of LARPing, which is live action role playing for those playing at home. Oh, yes. We had yes. a whole bunch of people playing dress ups. We always do. We had Ricardo Bosi in his full military fatigues, looking a lot more than Saddam Hussein than he may have intended. Oh, in the camo. He was in the camo. He does look a little bit like Saddam Hussein. So much. Or Gaddafi, maybe. But he looks like one of those like weird Middle Eastern dictators. He just does. Graham Hood, the former Qantas pilot, was there with his Qantas shirt covered in marker pen. Which is a throwback to the former <laughs> Reclaim the Lion protest, where he just chased clout in the shadow of organizer Mac and his weird teacher protest movement thing. Then we had John Larder, yeah. who came in his paramedic hat, hoping that people would notice him. Look, I'm a paramedic. Look at my hat. But he didn't get enough attention <laughs> from that. So he went to the car and got a stethoscope and put it around his fucking <laughs> neck. He wore a fucking stethoscope around to get attention. This man is running for parliament. I mean, he's like Matt Canavan. Oh, I'll just put some coal dust on oh, my face and people will think Matt's I'm a coal miner. Covered. Matt, Matt, Matty Canavan's got him covered there. Matty Canavan would have already said, look, just give me the stethoscope. He wouldn't have had to go back to the car to get it. Yeah, yeah, that's it, uh, yeah. Matty, Matty, Can- Matty Canavan understands LARPing. He John Larder is a fucking – Pale imitation of Canavan. Yeah, fucking he's, – he's just a cheap man. And that's why he'll never get into Parliament. So Bozy was big on the day with a lot of speeches and rabble-rousing, the usual stuff if you know him. His speech was that sort of inflammatory language claiming that everyone's a pedophile and we brought to justice and the crowd was chanting, hang them all. Because if you know Bozy, he's got an extensive hanging platform. He wants to hang he'll, a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> Journalists. Actually, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're not quite first. Doctors. I think we're about second cab off the rank. Yeah, I think doctors and nurses come first. I think politicians are probably the first oh, ones. Politicians definitely yeah. first. Yeah. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be dragged out of, Except the, for Craig be dragged Kelly. out of the parliament on Tuesday. Actually, to be honest, probably Craig Kelly go first because he's competition. Stalin style. Well, but, you know, look. You'd use him as ballast. You'd use him as a counterweight. <laughs> Wouldn't That's just. what I'd do. <laughs> That's so rude. You know, but if, like, you, if you can hang people, you need a counterweight. And Craig, well, he's uh, he's got the build for he's it. He's a big boy. So, look, he this is these, like the highlight of his bullshit ramble, which is that he claimed that people are going to be sent to vac centres with gas chambers to be killed en masse. I mean, there's no basis to this, like, at all. He, no, he, he actually said this about the, the quarantine facilities. The quarantine facilities just outside Darwin, for example, mm. the one that's being built in Queensland, it's the one that's, uh, in fact, there are, I think there are two, that they, that they were hooked up to for, for, for gas tubes, that they were actually going mass extermination centres, that these were, in fact, concentration camps. Yeah. 
basically, yeah. And Bozzy also claimed that if they can get 5 million people by Tuesday, it's a bit of a tall order, you know. He said, look, we haven't got enough. Not enough here, but we need 5 million people. Why 5 million, by the way? We've got 26 million people in Australia. Let's say one-fifth is a majority. Uh, anyway, 5 million people, if you can get down here by Tuesday, say around lunchtime, you know, we, we should be able to just march into the parliament, drag people out, start the hanging, oh, the people's courts, and then the hanging, and I'll be, uh, I'll be the Fuhrer. Don't worry. I'll be the Fuhrer of Australia. The that people's is his plan, by the way. That is his plan. That is he his is plan. Australia's Hitler. It's fucking I'll insane. I'll make that absolutely clear. Yeah, it's completely insane. He is Australia's Hitler. He should be behind bars. He should be in Supermax today. He's a domestic terrorist, and he has a following that will actually die for him. So just... Put that in the bank. Yeah, put that in the bank. We've got some other loonies, though, that we want to go through, Joe. Yes, we do. Graham Hood, or Hoodie as he likes to be called, did some very creepy religious preaching, making bizarre claims laced with God and Satan, generally playing a cult leader role. I mean, this is born for it. If anything, Hoodie was a star of the day, bizarrely, because Bosey's always a star of the day. But people really got into the evangelical vibe that he's bringing along, which I think is also a bit of a worry, because Bosey's ideas are absolutely unsustainable and insane whereas hoodie making people into weird cult members that's pretty plausible to give you an idea about how desperate hoodie <laughs> is for this attention this like this moment of sunlight in his twilight years is that he has a melanoma surgery scheduled for the weekend and he postponed it to stay at the rally he could die yeah, as a result idea, of that decision yeah good melanoma idea, kills you hoodie he also you know once he got the microphone it's really hard to get <laughs> Get to take it off him. He just went on and on and on. He started. He started lecturing the people on what uh, what it was like, uh, you know, to be a desert rat in Tobruk, as if he was fucking there, <laughs> and how we had, you know, drawn the line and destroyed uh, Hitler's desert core there and then, and that and turned the tide on the war, which is not even true. I mean, basically, yes, there was some very very proud and, and wonderful fighters and the, and the desert rats. Uh, or the rats of Tobruk, but basically that 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 battle went on because the AF, the second AIF, was actually withdrawn at the at the uh, at, at, at the demand of uh, of our Prime Minister uh, John Curtin and transported back to Australia because we had significant concerns because the Japanese had just jumped onto onto New Guinea. Yeah, uh, and so the British and the New Zealanders went on to continue to fight. Uh, the 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 German Desert Corps all the way to Palestine, by the way. Um, yeah, something that Hoodie doesn't seem to know no. uh, too much about. But yeah, there he was, just appropriating, casually appropriating Anzacs for his fucking bizarre fucking view of the world. That's the kind of guy he is. That's the kind of guy he is. Joel Jamal, which is another job with giant eyebrows. There's Gilmore and Jamal, and both yeah, them they're weird. Big eyebrows. eyebrows. I wish I had such eyebrows, but I don't. No, 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 no. You don't want that. No, no. It's uh, you you can be sort of misinterpreted as being angry with people without (laughs) actually being angry with people. Burton uh, Ernie style eyebrows like that. So he was calling shots on the back end. Joel Jamal is one of those players. He's a kid, but he's an operator. He's got clear intentions to make a career out of this. He's going to be pissing people off and then taking their money. It's Clear grift. He thinks he's the puppet master. He fucking does. And, like, he's not exactly wrong. He's the Australian arm of Turning Point America, which is now, or Turning Point USA, which is now Turning Point Australia. He doesn't appear to have a lot of traction in the movement insofar as social media presence and stuff, but he does on the ground. People listen to him. And he's got this weird, creepy little 
Christian politician stick, but he seems to command a weird level of authority when he's there. Like he tells you what to do, and they fucking do it. I mean, they are natural. Yeah, there's sheep, vast right? there's, there's vast splits between these people. I mean, let's say between Kelly and Bozzy, for example. Uh, but Joel's able to sort of put the put the pair of them in the same room without too much going wrong. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's it's a weird power he's got. He has a diplomacy about him. But he's a diplomacy within the realm of cookers. And he can really, yeah, I, he's a scary one. I We keep an eye on him, to be honest. The peacemakers were there in their little yellow vest doing their usual Christian militia thing where they, you know, can punch cops for free or something. That's their thing. If they don't have an ASIO file, I don't know what you have to do to get an ASIO file. But, like, I mean, come on, guys. Like, are we not an outlaw organization yet? You'd like to think ASIO were peering at the building with the, with the binoculars. Uh, you would think so. On Saturday, at least, because uh, they're, they're probably probably about a third of that crowd deserve to be deserve to have their own ASIO file. Oh, they're problematic at fucking best. So the Aussie Cossack was headed out of Canberra, and there were rumours that he was actually turned away by the AFP around the border. That doesn't make any sense to me at no. all. Um, no, I don't. But I didn't I see him there. See that. I don't remember him. And he's not quiet, you know, so I don't really see him. Maybe he was there. I don't know. You know, big place. But I, he, I, I, To be honest, I didn't see him at all, no. No, but he did take a big group Neither photo on the way down. With uh, apparently a few well-known nationalists uh, heading down there with him, uh, you know, just to ah. casually help the acceleration towards violence and civil war because that's what they do. Mm. Not great, not great. It's a natural state of play. And on the morning of the big day on Saturday, Michael Gray Griffith of Cafe Locked Out was there, spreading the rumor that the army was going to be there shooting them on the day. Snipers, just snipers like, on the building, just legit, just shooting them. Like the army was just going to turn up and. Put holes through Just these start people. Just shooting people. Yeah, because that's exactly how the fucking world works. He spent a lot of time making a lot of content, talking with other cookers, including John Larder, about how using the army on Australian civilians was bad. Oh, it is bad, isn't it? It's just not happening, yeah, you fucking yeah. liar. And then essentially speaking on behalf of the Anzacs, as they love to do about how they fought for freedom. But there's no plan for the army to come in. He just made it up. He just made it up and started talking about it. So everyone yeah, around the camp got really pissed off. Fabrication. You've got to make people yeah. angry. Otherwise, what's the point? There's this peaceful protest movement shtick they love to talk about, but the entire thing is underpinned by being pissed off. So you've got to make up stories to make everyone angry. And this is the thing about, like, you know, you see the disinformation on the internet and you think, oh, it's reserved to the internet. But if you take disinformation people into areas, they will play out disinformation in real life and just piss people off because this is what they do. Yeah, I know. And look, going to Canberra too and the Australian Capital Territory must have kind of flipped and freaked a few brains out too because it's actually jurisdictionally awkward, you know. It's Mm. not a state. It's actually a territory. So therefore, it's sort of halfway between uh, federal oversight and having having its own territory government. And, and so that's, you know, there are, there are sort of different things about this. When we talk about the army, I mean, look, yes, there's a, there's, there's a Department of Defence right in Canberra, a great big stonking building where you could put a few snipers on the roof if you wanted to, but there's not, there's not a lot of real army in in the ACT. They're at Holsworthy, they're at Puckapunyal, they're up in... They're up, up in Toowoomba and spread out around the world, spread around the country where they actually belong. Not many in Canberra. So, yeah, a bit of nonsense there. I'm going to say Michael Gray Griffith from Cafe Lockdown is becoming really one of the most annoying people in that movement. Oh, no question. He really question. is just a no straight-out liar and fabricator. He is, just they a liar. Also lie. 
They also lied that um, a number of ACT police, and ACT police are separate and sort of somehow joined with the Australian Federal Police, but it's, ACT policing is a sort of separate un, separate, separate branch, I'll, let me call them that. And they set out this lie that, that, um, um, that, uh, the, the police officers had gone on stress leave uh, because they didn't want to, to didn't want to basically to perform their duties yeah. with these cookers. And it's just that was another thing, Complete just lie. completely made up. Lada was spreading lie. it around and being asked about it, and really, Lada's become an extraordinarily cooked human being oh, yeah. too. He's a terrible person, and he's been a terrible person for a long time. Uh, when I finally do the lawsuits episode, I will read out some of the things the judge said about Lada. Not nice. Not nice at all. Just he's a mm, shit person. Those. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. It'll happen. It'll happen <laughs> eventually. It's such a big job. Anyway, look, the Saturday mostly consisted of yet another walk to nowhere. We had Joel Gilmore streaming the event with his eyebrows intact and a bottle oh, of water. He there just he was. kept on talking about his bottle of water. I've had half it now. Oh, I've only got like a third. His mum was there. His mum turned up. His mum did turn up. Turned yeah. Out. yeah, so you know the apple didn't fall far from the tree. The kids are fucking <laughs> half with the best of times, but they love him because he's yeah. cute. He's like a twink to them. It's really fucking sad. I did not watch a lot of it. I tuned <laughs> in is. every now and he's then. He's the cooker's twink. He is. He really fucking is. Because watching people walk is really boring, so I just didn't really get like too into it but nothing seemed to kick off the only thing that really makes these protests watchable is when like they like clash with cops and like pepper spray comes out but they just made a pest of themselves as they are want to do they love doing that but as usual the numbers were this strongly contested fact this is the big thing the great australian party with rod cullerton claims a hundred thousand plus in attendance brave Lynn Bennett said that 1.7 mm-hmm. yeah. million were on their Bold. way. I guess they were held up in traffic somewhere. Well, uh, that still doesn't make still doesn't make five million. No, no, it does. No, but I think 1.7 would have been a good would have been a good showing though. I think that would have been yeah. pretty decent. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I'd be convinced. Didn't, didn't get that sense. I'd start worrying. Canberra's a city with about 420,000 people. Now, if you put 1.7 million people on top of that on their way, not quite there yet, but <laughs> let's say they'll be there Monday. That's going to be a bit noticeable. You know, there's, there's going to be a little bit of toilets. overcrowding. Going to need a lot of port too. More than two. More not than two. enough toilets. Just not enough toilets. There's just not enough toilets. <laughs> they just don't think these things through. Stop shitting on our capital, you fucking animals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The ACT police estimated more than 2,000 people, which is pretty vague, but it lines up with the numbers with the campsites with 1,501, maybe 500 in the other, a few fucking weirdos at Questacon yeah. looking at kids as they walk yeah. in the building, whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, that, no, those numbers make sense to me. So we had around about 1,500. That's a rough estimate. Which in is the, not in bad. The, in, the, in the camp. In the camp from from Monday onwards, with a few people arriving, I heard another two hundred cars came from. Uh, uh, sorry, another sixty cars came from Victoria. It might have been more, but sixty cars. Let's say two hundred people. It's not all. You know, I'm going to say two thousand, two to three thousand people, and I don't think I'll be that far away. Yeah, yeah. Look, that's that's the general sort of thing. I think that's a lot because, as usual, the cookers get really pissy unless yeah, it's like a million. Look, it might be a lot, that's but a it's, lot not, of it's not enough to sweep into the parliament and well, start no. dragging people out and hanging them and then installing a a cabinet council led by fucking Ricardo Bozzi. Not yeah. quite enough. Not quite enough people. In fact, the way you do this, Ricardo, you fucking, you fucking Hitlerian fucking psycho, is you put your name on a fucking ballot, and like you did in a Queensland state election and got less than 3% of the vote. But you put your name on a ballot, and if you're lucky enough to be elected, and if you're able to form a majority 
of other like-minded people. That's how you form government in this country. <laughs> exactly. And one thing is, I'm just going to inject into tyrant. this as a last-minute thing. My good friend Simon Hillsjohns just sent me a message on Facebook saying that he's at Arimba and there is more convoy coming. Lots of Aussie flags, and generally speaking, coming from the north down toward Canberra, there are more cars coming. We are not done with this yet. A little bit of fresh info that I had to chuck in there. Oh, no, we're certainly not. I mean, look, the call for 5 million people will at least resonate to a point where you'll get maybe another 1,000, maybe another 2,000. It's hard to say, but yeah. the, the numbers will definitely grow. And they're going to be fucking problematic. And that's the thing, because their plan from here is just to call and shit. And they're going to be problematic. You know, they're going to occupy Canberra, and they're not going to leave. And essentially the plan is to hit up Canberra Airport. That was the thing today. And just harass the politicians coming in for the sitting week. So police have set up a checkpoint to turn cars away from the airport. But let's face it, cookers are going to say, oh, I've got a flight to catch. And the coppers will let them through. Like it's going to be the most piss-weak roadblock ever. But, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I would think the coppers would take that pretty seriously. I fucking hope so. The idea idea that you can just, you know, start harassing politicians in – in public places is pretty crazy. So I, I would think that they'll just go, no, nah, no one's getting in the airport today. And not unless, not unless you've got a flight book and show me. And we we live in a great democracy. And I love this about this democracy. It's the same democracy we had in England before, I don't know, crazy people started stabbing MPs, where you can see pollies walking through local areas or through the domestic terminal. I've seen tons of Labour MPs and possibly I haven't recognised some Liberal ones. In the domestic terminal, just hanging out, going to planes, going around. It's not a big deal. You don't hassle them. You don't, you know, there's no problem. But after this, I mean, they're going to have to take the back exit because they'll just, they won't be sure if some fucking cook has got a sawn off 22 waiting in the arrivals hall. And quite rightly so. Uh, uh, look, I'm sure they would have been at least briefed by their parties and pro- possibly by parliamentary um, uh, management that that there are some issues and that they need to be very very careful. But it just erodes democracy. And then you've got then you've got people leaving leaving the airport in com cars, and are they going to be chased? Are they going to be followed? Are they going to be stalked? I mean, you know, this this stuff could get very, very crazy, and that and it does lead. I mean, it's just probably not the worst of the of, of the consequences of all of this, but it does lead to that disconnect between the public and politicians, which we shouldn't have. No, we it shouldn't. should be it should be okay to walk up to a politician, introduce yourself, shake a hand if that's if that seems appropriate, and start talking to them about your own circumstances. That's what politicians should be about. Exactly, exactly. And this is one thing that I'll just say coming. From from Simon again, because we're actively chatting on Facebook right now. Basically, what he's saying is that from Urimba, there was a small convoy of cars that have come from Brisbane. One of them had a fucking three-year-old in the car. He reckons there's 500,000 people there. So you can see how cooked these people are. And like, because yeah. Simon had a chat with them. But he's a, he's a brave, intrepid wanderer who's uh, a bit of a Hunter S. Thompson in the fucking making, to be honest. And he said basically there was another convoy headed down from far north Queensland. Now, let's face it. The guy who said there was 500,000 people there, who knows? But he just struck up a conversation with another dad in an area because the kids were playing when they're having a bit of a road stop, and he just started frothing about this convoy to him. Man, there's some fucking cooked people coming. It's not over yet. Yeah, it is not look, over. Can we can we also make the point? Don't bring your dogs. Don't bring, don't bring, your, bring dogs. your kids. Don't bring your kids. Your dogs are going to be scared. Your kids are just it's just not appropriate for them to be there. Everyone's pissing and shitting all over the fucking place. It's not a very good place for children. 
seriously, those those ones who bought little children in particular, preschool children, they should all be doxxed. They should all no no no. I don't mean dox. They should all be referred to the mm. Department of Community it's Services. It's fucked now. Have a bloody good look at how they're parenting. Yeah, no, it's fucking disgusting. So, basically. When it comes down to it, the occupation is going to continue and clearly people are still coming yeah. down. I just had someone literally yeah. tell me that on Facebook. The The idea that they're going to be in charge soon is what's carrying this whole movement and the eventual plan is to just take over the government. You know, They don't mince their words on this. They say it openly. They say it online. They say it in person. They say it on the ground. The cops don't even give a fuck. Apparently sedition is not a big deal anymore. But this does seem like a very volatile week ahead. I do hope the next segment's shorter. But the peaceful protest movement is looking more and more unhinged as we go. And I think some very cooked individuals are coming their way, as we just learned. But the cops have learned nothing from January 6th. I mean, come on. Enforce the law. Yeah, look, it, I mean, look, if, if Ricardo's anything... Anybody to be believed. If there's not five million there by Tuesday, it's all off. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we'll see how that goes numbers-wise. But they are not very good with numbers. Ricardo's not great with mass himself. So he might look out across four or 5,000 people and go, well, yeah, yeah, that's about five million. That's exactly what he's going to fucking see. do. Exactly what he's going to do. And then off do. we go to Parliament and the hanging star, you know. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> And now we bring you a brand new segment of people who have learned absolutely everything they read in a quick flick through a textbook of 17th century maritime law. They're subsets and they're on a collision course with reality and a concept totally bizarre to them. Consequence. In this week's <laughs> subsets, V, the man. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal, you're a traitor, and you go to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you, that's what I'll go with. And with free men under attack everywhere across the nation, we turn to Sobsit Stronghold, Western Australia's Wheat Belt, for this report. Uh, three people have been ordered to pay more than $27,000 in fines and compensation after damaging a Western Australian heritage building during a sit-in to assert a sovereign state in June 2020. The group, claiming to be there on behalf of the government of New Westralia. Ooh, there's a New Westralia broke into the National Trust Heritage Courthouse Museum in the Wheatbelt town of York, smashing the door in with an axe. Jack Nicholson style from The Shining. And these idiots also live-streamed their crimes to the world. They brought a bucket to piss and shit in, which is better than... <laughs> a bit better planning <laughs> than the Canberra convoy. At least they thought it out. And drilled holes in the stone walls of the Heritage Building to place their new West Australia insignia. They also raised the Red Ensign. Hooray! Wade <laughs> William Guerin, 32, pleaded not guilty to trespass and damage uh, at the Northern Magistrates Court trial on Thursday. Well, of course he did. But the magistrate yes. needed only to have a look at the live these fuckwits produced oh, to see no. the guilty plea uh, was a bit of a not guilty plea was a bit of a stretch. Yes. Uh, the live showed William David Atherton as a self-appointed magistrate holding a Bible and shouting, open the doors in the name of the law. <laughs> and the Bishop of Rome has no, no jurisdiction in this here realm of England. Oh, no. <laughs> the incident triggered the building's alarm and police attended. Gurham was a recent convert to uh, Sausage Nonsense. He told uh, Magistrate Donna Webb he had arrived in Australia about four months earlier and was working on farms for accommodation as the pandemic struck. Oh, no. He said Mr. Atherton uh, arrived on the farm, approached him, and, and gave a speech about the government of 
of New Australia, which was a Christian nation. It all sounded legitimate. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that sounds right. Yeah. He said there were a few things we needed to do, and one was reclaim the York Courthouse. I believe I was genuinely, honestly doing the right thing. I, I thought this was a genuine government. You're genuinely stupid. That's what you are. He's a bit stupid. He, he, he may have some some issues with uh, English speaking. I don't know. But, look, he's just been snapped up into the cult. And he said, on. with regret, looking back, I wish I had done more investigation. Do your research. And a bit more research. Do your research. Police body-worn camera footage played at the trial shows a local police sergeant speaking to Mr. Atherton, who tells the officer to return to barracks. And surrender your firearms. Yeah, right. <laughs> Following the event, Mr. Atherton, 54, spent two months in custody before being found unfit to stand trial. Oh, wow. That's quite something. Oh, dear. That's really hard to get, too. Mary Frances Mount, 64, and Gary Thomas Hutton, 69, did not front court for their trial, but were each found guilty of trespass and damage in their absence. Didn't front. Ms. Mount was also convicted of obstructing police during her arrest nearby after she left the old courthouse to buy food. <laughs> Get <laughs> he a bad salve. <laughs> Couple of dimmies, <laughs> couple of dimmies in the sausage roll. She was hungry. He said, he, he said the actions were the result of a fantasy. This is the copper. Uh, and commands to police came from an imaginary magistrate who called himself Pumphrey. Mm. Uh, and that is Mr. Atherton. Um, anyway, Magistrate Webb fined Mr. Guerin 5000 Mr. Hunt Hutton was fined 5500 and Ms. Mount was ordered to pay $6,000. They don't have Magistrate money. Webb ordered the group's new Australia banners and flags be forfeited on. <laughs> The trio were also ordered to pay ten and a half grand between them for the cost of the damage to the National Trust building. Yes, you fuckers do that. I know that building, by the way. I've seen it. It's a lovely old thing in sandstone. Anyway, Mr. Atherton was not in court because he's been locked away in a, in a psych ward yeah. and will not have to pay for the damage because he's as mad as a shithouse rat. <laughs> uh, so there you go in this week's Sovsits v. The Man, Sovsits Zero, The Man. One. I imagine the man's going to keep escalating and Sobsit's going to stay around zero. Return to barracks. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're keeping score, uh, let's get a huge seven on the board for Craggy Pete Evans. He's been at it again. Seven days of utter hugeness. And Joel's here to tell you all about it in the week in Pete Evans. It has been a huge week in Pete Evans with the Dude. disgraced, craggy-faced former pizza cook com- just con- continuing his completely unhinged posting streak. I mean, he's absolutely on fire. 233 That's posts huge. since last That's week a on huge, his Telegram. Huge week. That is a lot, even for a guy with no job. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. Like- <laughs> That's a lot. So Pete's been a very busy boy following the Canadian Freedom Convoy and posting terrible memes about Justin Trudeau and oh generally dear. just showing himself to be the 4chan shitpost we know and love because Pete just loves awful memes. And once again, Pete does not show any reverence toward Australians, has not mentioned Canberra a fucking moment because the only oh. thing he cares about is North America. He's a turncoat and everyone should know that. I'm Australian. One of the most recent mindless shares was this great little ditty. So if you think fake news... News is bad. Wait till you hear about fake history and science. Oh, German pe- history? Just oh, yeah. the German history is a bit fake. Oh, yeah. It's not popular. Don't 
Do the Holocaust denial thing. No one no, likes your no, Europa shtick. No, don't do that, Pete. No one wants Please to. don't do, do that. Do you remember what happened last time you put the uniform on? Everyone fucking told you that's a bad idea and now we can't read your books anymore. And I know you don't think you have much left to lose, but I assure you, you still have so much yeah, left to lose. Yeah. Haven't hit bottom yet, Pete. And while the Nazi dollar does seem appealing, Nazis don't actually like you. Despite being a nice Aryan boy with good politics and blue eyes, you're also an annoying hippie and they fucking hate hippies. Nazis. <laughs> Nazis hate hippies. So stop trying to get into bed with Nazis. Come on, Pete. I'm just looking out for you here, man. He also posted a meme that gave me the absolute shit. This is something close to my heart because he posted a picture of Chris Farley playing Matt Foley, the character on Saturday Night Live, the motivational speaker who's famous for screaming those bizarre motivational platitudes at children. It's a great bit. I used to love Chris Farley. God, love him. He's brilliant. I hate that he's being appropriated for right-wing memes. And the thing is, like, you do not want to end up like him in a van down by the river. (laughs) so the text on the fucking meme is for the love of god stop getting tested and he said for the love of god a lot and it was great but like look i'm sorry but no this sums up the entire fucking thing Pete's posting this because we're in the midst of a pandemic. People are dying. They are. It's not a conspiracy theory. We People are dying. And sure, most of us get COVID and are fine. That's great. It would suck if it was a bowler where everyone fucking bled out of their eyeballs. But rebellion against testing is not some sort of edgy stand against power. It's a middle finger to the people around you. Uh, people with diabetes or immunocompromised situations. You just don't know. It's a pizza playground. And he's bizarrely proud of it. And he's showing that right now by fucking appropriating Chris Farley to push his nonsense agenda. You leave Chris Farley out of it, Pete. Man, I remember when people used to hide the fact they were selfish shitheads. But now, thanks to the fucking freedom movement, being a selfish shithead is a badge of honor. The more self-centered you are, the more awake you are. Like, do you get... Because I don't I don't get it. Like, Chris Farley wouldn't like you, Pete. Chris no. is a fucking great guy. And if Chris was still with us today, he would actually have a little bit to worry about with COVID because he was a big boy. He's you, big boy. of course would just call that a comorbidity and dismiss him like the fucked up eugenicist that you are. Do not bring Chris Farley into this, you dickhead. He is better than you. So Pete, for the love of God, stop posting. It's not helping anyone. Yes, you're peeled. We fucking get it. But the stuff you share is absolute trash. We've been through this a million times, Pete. God, I've been reporting on you for way too long. There was that little brief period of time where you stopped posting and it was a fucking treasure. It was like the end of Goodwill Hunting where like Matt Damon isn't out the front anymore and Ben Affleck's like, ah, you fucking, you you got it. You've gone. You've left. You left Boston. I thought you made it, Pete. I thought you changed. But you're worse than fucking ever. Not only is your life full of humorless fear porn, but you want others to suffer with you. Misery loves company, huh, Pete? Yeah, well, actually, that's not... That's not a good philosophy. You're not awake. You're a wanker. You turn from a beloved public figure into a reviled Nazi fuckwit. Take the hint, Pete. Fade into obscurity. You're not relevant anymore. No one actually cares what you have to say. Your shit memes are exactly that. You just share them from David Avocado Wolf. The political space has never been a good one for you. You didn't even fucking run when you made so much fucking noise about it because you're simply too stupid to understand the concept. It's not for you, Pete. So stop posting. Do what you do best cook elaborate meals that people can't afford with outrageous and baseless health claims attached to them. Come on, Pete, do that. Do that instead. Guilt people into spending 50% of their salary on grass-fed salmon. 
That's your thing. Stick to your lane. Do that. Yeah, no, there's uh, good career advice there. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily. And look, promoting a podcast is easier said than done. Please share the episodes. Get it out there because it just helps everyone. Yeah, sure a few of those. Sure of those. uh, 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 few of those this week thank you very much we appreciate uh, it we appreciate it we do really appreciate it and the patreon is up and running and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way for as little as five subs a month you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content and if you give us enough money you can watch us record the show but if Mm. we get to a thousand patrons we do promise solemnly promise that we will buy a conditional release program car rip out the spare tire and use it as a toilet in solidarity with the freedom fighters down in canberra we stand with you we squat with you and someone just passed me the tire pump because I can't find any shit tickets in here. It's, it's, where are they? You can come and shit now, boot, if you pay us enough money. So join up at patreon.com slash the conditional release program. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to insist that we present the deeds and titles. What deeds and titles? I don't know. Just the deeds and titles. Deeds and titles. Deeds and titles. Just deeds and titles. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Thank you, listeners. See ya. See you next time.